Hello, and welcome to The Inquisitor. I'm your host, Dr. Tanya Renee Lee. It's a pleasure to have you on board listening. I'm speaking today regarding African-American achievers. More specifically, we're going to examine Booker T. Washington. And this piece of literary work came from Drama Share 2009. That's Drama Share 2009. Booker T. Washington was an early African-American achiever who played a vital role in the early years of building the United States and of laying the path for future generations of minority achievers. His contributions to education and to betterment of African-American conditions are immense. The more I read, the more amazed I become. I am researching the history of prominent early African-American people and the role African-American people have played in this great nation. We have an extraordinary history, an amazing history, incredible tradition of fine and talented men and women, a tradition of which to be proud, a tradition we must celebrate and teach to upcoming generations. Folks like Booker T. Washington come to mind. When the name Booker T. Washington is mentioned mostly we think of a powerful educator, author, orator, administrator, a friend of presidents of industry, as well as presidents of the nation. And Booker T was all of those and more. But he was also a man of humble beginning, a man who grew up near Halesford, Virginia, back in 1865, born in harsh conditions to an enslaved mother and a white father who likely was her master sleeping on the floor of a run-down shanty, working long and painful hours from the time he could walk about. Amazing how this man became one of the noted educators in the history of this nation, when after all he was born a slave into a system where schooling was illegal for slaves. Following the liberation of the Emancipation Proclamation, young Booger Booker worked in salt plants and coal mines in West Virginia, getting to work at 4 a.m., attending school during the day, then returned to the mine after school was finished in the evening. His burning desire to be educated was fired by his mother, a woman who could neither read nor write, but who realized that it was only through education that a better life could be attained by her son. Then at age 16, Washington, who had taken as the last name his stepfather's first name, set out on foot for a 500-mile journey across Virginia to Hampton Normal and Agricultural Institute, a school devoted to training black teachers. To help with the cost of tuition, Washington proudly served as janitor. He went on to attend Wayland Seminary on the recommendation of a Hampton founder, Sam Armstrong. Young Booger T. Washington became the first leader of the new Tuskegee Institute, a teacher's college for African-American students. Booker's lust for education was passed on to all with whom he came in contact. He believed education was crucial if African-Americans were to assume responsible positions in social and economic structure of the, nature, of the nation. As a nationally pro pro prominent spokesman a leader of black rights, Washington built relationships with influential philanthropists 
who contributed millions of dollars to Tuskegee, Hampton, and hundreds of schools for black children in the southern states. The same relationships with powerful people contributed mightily to funding legal challenges to segregation. Yet his non-confrontational approach was criticized by some in the NAACP, calling Washington the great accommodator. Booker received honorary degrees from Dartmouth College and Harvard University, and was the first black person to be an honored guest of a U.S. president, Theodore Roosevelt, at the White House. I wonder while seated in the Oval Office with President Roosevelt, did the thought ever cross Booker's mind that one day an African American would be sitting behind that desk, the President of these United States of America? Dr. Washington was regarded as the most powerful African American man in the nation, and hundreds of schools and local structures were named in his honor, but he never forgot his roots. In his book, Up From Slavery, Washington recalled emancipation in early 1865. As the great day drew nearer, there was more signing in the slave quarters than usual. It was bolder, had more ring, and lasted later in the to the night. Most of the verses of the plantation songs had some reference to freedom. Some man who seemed to be a stranger, a United States officer, I presume, made a little speech and then read a rather long paper the Emancipation Proclamation, I think. After the reading, we were told that we were all free and could go when and where we pleased. My mother, who was standing by my side, leaned over and kissed her children while tears of joy ran down her cheeks. She explained to us what it all meant, that this was the day for which she had been so long praying for, but feared she would never live to see. Makes you proud, doesn't it? Proud to be African-American, proud to live in this wonderful country, proud to know that any person, regardless of race, religion, or where you started from, can aspire to greatness and can achieve. All because of the success of African-American achievers, such as Booger T. Washington. I'd like to thank you for joining in today. I hope this show has been a revelation for you. And we want to thank our sponsor now, Howard Harris Funeral Services. Audrey Harris and Joe Harris are the proprietors of Howard Harris Funeral Services. They have two locations, one in Lawton, Oklahoma, and one in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. They are the best when you are going through a stressful time of the loss of one of your loved ones or friends. Howard Harris can cut down on the stress because they are hands-on and they care about their clients. I want to thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful week. We look forward to seeing you more this week on the show. And that was a moment of time in black history that we just shared with you. And we may have some more of that coming up. Take care. God bless.